Hello, and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland, and I am so excited that you are here. Today, we are talking about reflecting on this year to improve next year, because it is officially the last week of April, which is hard for me to believe. I have three full weeks of this school year left after this week is over, so four including this week, but after April, I have three full weeks of May, and then I'm done, which is kind of wild to think about. So with that knowledge being held in my hand, I know that it is time to start thinking about the things that I did this year that I didn't love, that I would not do again. I want to make sure that I don't repeat history and repeat mistakes, but there were several things I did this year that I loved, that I want to make sure that I don't forget about it, and I have things prepped and ready to implement those ideas next year. So today, I want to kind of split apart and define those things and go through my reflection process with you all and share a couple of things that I tried this year that did not go well, that I know I'm not going to do again, but I need to brainstorm over the summer how I want to fix that for next year. And then some things I did that were so gold that I'm absolutely going to repeat. So with all of that being said, let's get started. All right, so when it comes to end of the year reflection, there is something that I think it is important to kind of hold in our heads, and that is that teaching is hard. (laughs) I think when we get to this point in the year, we're so exhausted, and people start saying things about, you know, when is this job going to get easier? When is this job going to not be so difficult? Should I keep doing this job? It's so hard. And I think something that teachers just need to start being honest with themselves about is that teaching is hard. It will forever be hard. Think about what you're doing. You are molding the minds of the future generation. There is no way that a job that important should be easy. If we were going in and we were trying to take a bunch of students who were all um, starting at different starting places with the content we need to teach them. Some of them are going to be super advanced and already know some of the things that we teach them. Some of them are going to be behind and not have mastered prerequisite skills yet, but they all have to get to the same place by the end of the year. And we went and we were like, oh, that's breezy. That's not hard. Then I would be concerned because <laughs> it should be hard. It is hard work. You are teaching kids to master skills they've never done before. You are the one to introduce those skills to them and teach them and stick with them while they learn brand new things. Think about what it's like for you whenever you learn a brand new thing. Have you picked up a hobby that you've never done before and you have to learn it for the first time? You don't get it the first time. And you need patient understanding, caring people to walk alongside you and teach you. And you need to have patience with yourself. So there is nothing about teaching that should be easy. But with that being said, there are a lot of things about teaching that can be simple. So that is where the name of the Simple Classroom came from because I I decided to embrace the idea that teaching was hard work. It's meaningful work, but it's difficult. It's mentally and physically draining. But there are a lot of things in my teaching life that kind of serve as obstacles to even get to the teaching part. There's all kinds of administrative duties and emails and just 
red tape wrapped around my job that makes it hard for me to get to the part where I actually teach the students. And I'm on a mission to simplify that stuff, the stuff that stands in my way um, or the things that just add to my to-do list and they're just on my plate and they don't impact the instruction of my students, but they're required that I do them. That's the stuff I'm trying to simplify, trying to make it easier. So reflecting on what went well this year and what didn't does not mean that next year is going to be easy but it will be simpler if you know the things you don't want to do again and the stuff that you want to keep doing. So let me share some things with you guys from my very own classroom that I would like to refine or that I would like to keep. The first one is something that I need to just like have a moment of silence for the death of this thing in my classroom. And that is my pencil system. Just... Holy cow, pencils. I hate pencils. I hate that we have to use them. I hate that they have to be sharpened. I hate that they are so easy to roll off a desk. I hate that students lose them. I don't know how. I don't know where they go. Pencils are an absolute thorn in my side, and I was not prepared for that because I think sometimes you have classes that just are real breezy about pencils. And then sometimes you have you have students that are so high strung about how sharpened their pencil is and whether or not the pencil has an eraser and whether or not it looks like someone has chewed on this pencil before. Like just a disaster. So I started the year like any year I've ever started where I had two buckets and I had the sharp pencils and I had the empty bucket for your dull pencils. And every student started the year with three sharpened pencils. You're going to use these sharpened pencils. And if one of them breaks or becomes too dull to use anymore, put it in the bucket to be sharpened and grab yourself a sharpened one. If I am whole group teaching, you can give me, and you need to write write that second, you can give me a signal that you need to swap out your pencil if you don't have a sharpened one on your desk. Whatever, right? Should be simple, but my students were like off the chain about starting each day not having a pencil. I don't know where they all went. And then the pencil bucket would be drained by the end of our first instructional block. And then all these kids would have dull pencils and they would have no pencils to sharpen them or to swap them out for. So they need to sharpen their pencil in the middle of the day. I started to lose my mind. So by Thanksgiving, I was like, okay, you know what? No more community pencils. Because the other thing that was happening was the pencils that were getting turned in, none of them had erasers. I was finding erasers that had been clipped off with scissors on the floor, in desks, everywhere just ripped off erasers off of these nice Ticonderoga, however you pronounce it, those pencils. Brand new, full length, sharpened pencil, no eraser. The kids were just ripping them off. So I said, you know what? No more community pencils. We are not sharing pencils. You are responsible for your own pencils. You are all going to get five pencils for the month. And I spent some of my class fee money on individual pencil sharpeners. If you need to sharpen your pencil, You're going to use your little mini pencil sharpener in your pencil pouch and keep up with it. If you have all five pencils at the end of the month, you will get bare bucks, which is our PBIS incentive system. You'll get a bare buck for every pencil you still have. If you don't have any, no bare bucks. If you have to ask me for pencils midway through the month, I'll give you five new ones, but no bare bucks. I'll put your name on a list. That worked well for all of a month. And then it just like devolved into chaos again. The kids all lost all their pencils. There were no pencils. And then it was like, well, I know I had it, but I think someone picked it up off my desk and stole it. And then it became fighting about the pencils. So I'm back to community. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a hybrid right now. If everybody gets their own five 
But if you lose one and you need to swap it out, I'm sharpening pencils every morning for the kids to grab. Or we're doing it at the end of the day. Like, I, I don't know if it's just this crew or if I just need to, like, have a come-to-Jesus moment about my attitude towards pencils and what we do. But I have never wanted to rip my hair out over a school supply like I have with pencils. So I am going to be doing some just, like, heavy work on my heart and my mind about pencils this summer. <laughs> but what I did this year, all of the things that I tried, this class could not manage or maintain any of those systems. So I just need to find a way to, like, break it down even further for them. I don't know. I call them COVID babies, not to their face, but this is a crew that didn't get to do preschool or kindergarten normally. So I constantly feel like I'm teaching them things for the first time that they should have learned, but it's like they didn't have three years of practice before they came to me. So there's lots of stuff like that, that I'm, I'm just looking at them like, how, how do you guys not have this down yet? And pencils have been a big one this year. Something I am going to keep is our end of day routine. Now I have a whole podcast about this. I have a blog about this. I talk about this end of day routine at length in a couple of different places. But the end of day routine is something that I am absolutely going to keep next year if I'm thinking about things that need to stay and things that need to go before next school year begins. So just the quick like 5,000 foot view synopsis of what this routine is. We take the last 10 minutes of our classroom time before we pack up for community cleanup. Every kid is assigned an end of day job. These are all jobs that take care of our classroom, keep it neat, keep it organized, and maintain a sense of community because these are all things that in years past I have done, but now the kids are doing them. So they're cleaning up the floor, loose expo markers, scraps of paper, missing pencils, which again, I just went on a rant about our pencils. You would think we would have ample pencils, but I suspect the kids were picking them up and throwing them away. So I don't know. But they're cleaning up the floor. They're passing out graded papers that I have checked throughout the day. They are changing the date on the board and writing tomorrow's date. They are passing out morning work on desks for students to do in the morning when they come in. They sanitize my doorknobs. They sanitize the desks and tables. They clean the whiteboard. They clean out the cubbies. They organize the classroom library. They empty the recycle bin. I mean, they are like little worker bees flittering around my room for the last 10 minutes of the day, making it spotless. At the end of the day, my room smells good. Everything's clean. Morning work is passed out. Graded papers are in backpacks. Like it is the most flawless system. And then our last block of the day is recess. So by the time everyone is packed up, all the jobs have been done. The room is clean. We go outside and play until dismissal. And when that dismissal bell rings and all the kids leave, I get to leave shortly after. I am not one of those teachers that's stuck in my room after the students leave trying to pick up after the kids or pass back papers because they are fully capable of doing those things. This is not my classroom. It's our classroom. So if I think about this school year and things that I am going to maintain and things I'm going to trash when I go into next school year, the end of day routine stays. It is a sanity saver and our classroom community is so much better because of it. Okay, now flipping back to something that I want to start from scratch next year would be my morning routine. Now, I have a morning routine. I think every elementary school teacher, every teacher, no matter what you teach, needs to have some sort of routine for the students to follow when they come in the room. And my morning routine is fine. It's not great. I feel like every single day I'm harping on the kids to sit down, get settled, 
unpack quickly, stop talking because the announcements are about to come on. Like, I feel like I start the day as a mean teacher. And part of that is just that my school, the way our schedule is written, is we are cramming so much into a very short time. We don't really have a dedicated morning work or morning block time where everybody can get settled and get quiet and focused. It's it's like a mad rush. We do school-wide walk to RTI at 8.50 and the kids come in the door at 8.38. So we've got 12 minutes to unpack, do the morning announcements, take lunch count, take attendance, and then start our groups for our RTI time, but there are a whole bunch of kids that aren't in RTI. So then you've got all these kids that are just scrambling to unpack and then they sit down and start on morning work and the tasks that you've left for them to do while you're teaching an RTI group. But it is chaos. Like they are so wound up from just frantically trying to unpack before the announcements start. I don't love it. So I think if if I can't control the school schedule, like if we don't get to ease into the day and quietly unpack and take our time, like if we can't do that because the school schedule is down to the second in the mornings, then there are some other ways that I can approach this. Like I can, next year I could try the kids come in and read silently at their seats and I dismiss them by table group to unpack as they come in through even throughout the RTI block. Like not everybody has to unpack completely by the bell. Like we can take our time with that part. Um, or we could do only the kids who are going to be leaving the room to go to an RTI group can unpack. Everyone else will just wait and I'll dismiss you by table as I'm teaching my group. I don't know, but I'm going to be brainstorming that because my school situation and just the way that my morning is, is a lot more frantic with the schedule than I've ever had before. And my response to it was to try to cram my regular morning routine where, you know, everybody unpacks, everybody has like a little job to do, everybody starts a morning work paper and then they have unfinished work to do and then they have other tasks to do around the room. I wanted to do that routine that I've always done, but in a fraction of the time that we have to do it. So I will be reflecting on that next for next school year and trying to find a way to tighten that up so I don't start each day harping on the kids to hurry. Like, I feel like I'm standing there like, hurry, stop talking. You got to unpack. You got to go to a group in a few minutes. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And I don't love starting the school day like that. I would love to be more relaxed um, and just more like warm and inviting in the morning <laughs> than I am right now. So that is something that I will be changing next year. Something that will be staying is my center rotation system. So this is another thing. I don't think I've podcasted about this yet, but I've definitely blogged about it. I am a big fan of self-paced center work. I do not like, and this is no judgment if you do it. I'm just telling you, I don't like it. I do not like setting a timer for 20 minutes and all the kids do a rotation and the timer is done and the kids move on to another rotation. I especially don't like this for literacy because I think it's difficult for all kids to read something and do a task with it in a confined time. I think some kids need more time than others and we're rushing kids through these activities and they're not getting done. So I would prefer that kids sit down and work on an activity until it's done and then move on to the next activity. But I want them to self-monitor that. It makes them a little bit more accountable for the work that they get done around the room instead of just flying through these activities on a timer. And then if you didn't get it done, put it in your unfinished work folder and then hopefully you have time to do it later. Like I really want them to do it. If they are assigned word work because we have spelling words and I want them to practice them, I'm not doing them any favors by breezing them through word work in 20 minutes if they needed 25 or 26 to get the entire paper done. 
Um, on top of that, I'm not a big fan of my reading groups are confined to three 20 minute groups a day or four 15 minute groups a day. I don't like that either. So I, a few years ago, I mean like a while ago, I created a rotation chart that the kids keep in a plastic sleeve in their folder, in their desk. And it's randomized. Like kid one might have read to self, listen to reading and work on writing on day one. But the kid next to them might have fluency, writing one and word work one. Um, And it's all mixed up and shuffled up. So throughout the room, every fourth kid has the same checklist. So there are four kids at a group at any given time. And the kids just work through the centers at the pace that they need to. I can differentiate this pretty easily because if I give a kid a full checklist, but the length of time that it takes one kid to finish all three rotations, like that student is only going to be able to finish one or two, I can circle because it's a dry erase sleeve, a plastic sleeve. I can use a dry erase marker to circle the activities I want them to do that day and then cross out the ones I don't. The rest of the class is crossing things out with a dry erase marker as they finish them so they can keep track of what rotations they've done throughout the week because I do have a catch-up time at the end of the week um, and they can go back and do any centers they never got to. But I like this because it frees the kids up to work at their own pace so they really can work deeply on each activity as opposed to racing a clock and it frees me up at my small group table to let's say I have two kids that are not in the same reading group, but I noticed the same reading error in them last week. I can call them to my group for a quick five minute drill on that sound. Like, let's just practice that sound. Let's practice reading it, writing it, seeing it in context, practicing it in a sentence, like all of that. And then I can send them on their way and then I can pull a reading group. The same kid might get pulled to my group twice in a day because there were two different things I wanted to work on with them. Um, but I'm not confined to the reading groups have to be the same every single day for as long as these groups are in existence. They don't have to come to me in the same order. I can see kids at different intervals of time. If this group finishes a book in eight minutes or the text that I wanted to read in eight minutes, but another group took 15, I'm not sitting there like twiddling my thumbs like, oh, I've got seven minutes left over. I can just pull another group. So I see more kids we get through more meaningful instruction at my small group table and around the room it's calmer it's more purposeful the kids are moving around at their own pace they're not necessarily in a cluster like okay us four are together all morning while we're rotating like you may go to the word work center with your initial group of kids that all have the same checklist as you and then you finish and you move on to your second center and the three kids that were at the carpet stay there until they're done and another kid comes to join them at some point because they're ready for that center and it's a beautiful smooth organized calm system so unlike the chaos of my morning routine once we get into our reading block and they're in those rotations it is a well-oiled machine so the self-paced centers is absolutely something i'm going to keep next year because i love it i think my instruction is better i think the kids are learning more i am a huge huge fan so if your school district requires some sort of center time and small group reading time I highly recommend going self-paced if you teach. I would argue kindergarten and on can do self-paced, but I've only tested it out with second through fourth grade. So I know for a fact it works with those ages, but I've seen teachers, I've seen teachers on kindergarten or kindergarten teachers talking about using self-paced rotations in kindergarten and that it works really, really well. I think any kid can learn, I'm going to do this and when I'm done, I'm going to move on to this, regardless of what the other kids in the room are doing. You just have to make it very visual for them depending on their age. Okay, so 
That is just a quick little reflection for you all. Two things I want to get rid of and two things that I want to keep. Or not get rid of, I should say. Two things I want to change. I want to tighten up the pencils and the morning routine. I want to keep the end of day routine and the center rotations. I hope that this prompts you to start reflecting on your own classroom this year and the things that drove you crazy or that you felt that you got mad about over and over and over again and the things that went really well that you loved. And I hope you have a great week teaching your students. And I will talk to you next time.